Welcome to Ma's Garage. I'm Kev. I'm Crick. And I'm Smokey. On today's episode, we talk about pride and arrogance. So grab a log and join us by the fire. Pride and arrogance. Prairigance. A ride. I looked up the de- I looked up some definitions and I got a couple questions. According to Webster's Dictionary. All right. First question I have, why do we mis- why do we mistake pride for passion? Do we mistake it, do you think, or do we use it as an excuse to justify our pridefulness? That's interesting. I could see I could see it both ways. I could see someone saying, well, I'm just a very prideful person when they're really just overexerting their emotions in a situation, but they're using their personal pride as a scapegoat or reason for their actions. They're just passionate. They're passionate about what they're talking about. So it doesn't matter how they say it, as long as their passion is being shown, right? Right. It could be too. They're they're more insecure in their passions than they are in what they're good at. You know, because you can be really good at something that people encourage you to do, but you may be completely passionate about something else that you don't know how other people are going to respond to it. You don't know how other people are going to react because you've never even attempted those waters, but there's something in there you that feels that you need to pursue it. I could, I can, I can definitely, definitely see that. Especially because when it, when it's, when something's a passion for you and you're the only one that's doing it per se, the, whatever the activity is that gives you that strong emotion, you don't really know how other people are going to take it. And especially when you introduce it to other people that you're trying to convey your passion to them and they don't perceive it the right way or the same as you perceive it. So then you see a disconnect or an imbalance. I was just going to say, you almost let the ego move in and turn the pride on to stand your ground and justify what you're doing. You have to explain it and it kind of defeats the purpose of the message you're trying to convey especially with the ones that do turn on the ego and, oh, well, I know best. My knowledge is the bat is superior. Mm-hmm. The validation. It's, it's kind of like playing a musical instrument. You know what I mean? Think of it as like a kid trying to learn guitar and they only know, you know, a few frets or a few chords and they love it. They're super excited about it. They just dream of being a rock star, but all their parents hearing is smoke on the water come from the room over and over and over again. <laughs> and so it's like the kid's passionate about it, but it, maybe their skills aren't to depth to that level. They have this vision in their mind of something grander. And some people will hold on that. Some people play guitar their whole lives and don't pursue anything with it because it's a pipe dream because it's something they really care about and constantly do, but it's nothing they really feel comfortable sharing with other people because of judgment or because of other reasons as well. Right. And especially early childhood judgment can really leave a mark in your adulthood. Yeah. Kids are a-holes. <laughs> They're not nice sometimes. Be, like Sharing something that you like that other people don't like, and especially like elementary, middle school age, is just, you'll get torn apart just because people don't understand it. Oh, yeah. But the same comes from parents, too. I mean, you got to watch how you talk to the kids. Because, you know, if they come to you beaming with something, you can't shame them for it. 
like right. make them feel like, well, that's not that good. Shrug it off because then that can kill it right there too. And then right. they won't want to share it with anyone else. Drawing is a good example of that for me. Like I, I told my dad at one point that I wanted to be a cartoonist. It's one of the only things I can remember saying as a kid that I wanted to do. And he goes, don't do that. There's no money in that. You'll never make money doing that. I hate it that people have that judgment of there's no money in that. Are right. you kidding me? There are thousands of animation companies that right. have literally what you just described and they make a decent amount for a modest living. But even on that level, it's not all about the money. I mean, that's connecting the dots in your head that, Oh, well, money's more important than doing what I want to do than fulfillment. Yeah. Right. That an example of that nowadays is video games. You, you know, our parents all said video games, don't waste your time on that. You can't do anything with that. And now Kids are millionaires by professional video game (laughs) players. Yeah. So it's just do what you love. As an adult and seeing these kids and the level that they can play these games at, it just really makes you like swallow your pride and like, no, they're, they're much better than I am. And I'm double their age. That's where I think pride can take you to the next level in a lot of those things, because if you don't have pride in what you do, you won't consistently pursue it. You'll do it here and there because there's part of you that's passionate about it that keeps wanting to do it, but you're not taking the pride in it to do it every day and to show people and to get criticism and to get feedback. But when you start getting that feedback and you, then it becomes an actual, like it evolves because you're getting outside feedback. You're doing it every day. You're becoming a professional. Other people are recognizing what you're doing. So it's more than you just doing something and then putting that thing down and no one saw what you did. Like Mm -hmm. other people are noticing. So now you have to factor other people seeing what you're doing. It's not just a you hobby anymore. This is a society hobby because you're involving other people. So is there a level where there's a difference between pride and confidence too? Because it's one thing to be prideful, but you can be over prideful too. You Which can. I mean, you can be overconfident too, but you want to have confidence in your abilities. And the definition of pride is a feeling of deep pleasure or satisfaction in one's achievements. So if you're someone that achieves often, you're going to have confidence because you have achieved whatever it is that you have done and you've made these landmark big deal moments as opposed to someone that hasn't achieved very much, but they're confident in their own ability. They just haven't applied or tried it, but they're, that's why they're confident in their ability because they haven't actually seen how little their ability is. That's that's if you take the time to check in and look at that, though, because that's an issue that I find in myself is there's so much stuff that I've done that I should be proud of. There's so many accomplishments that I should take pride in the fact that I even accomplished them. But there's so much where I'm done with that. I'm on to the next thing. I'm, well, that thing's done. Of course, I did that. Mm-hmm. And you, ju- you just move on. You can't live in those successes, but you have to take some kind of something from them to keep you moving and to keep you encouraged. Don't you do that when you finish it too, though? Like when you step back and look at it, you don't take pride in like the finished product before you move on to the next thing. Kind of. 
some part of me is like, I still could always do more, especially with artistic things. It's always like, I, that's the, I feel like that's going to be the difference between a businessman and an artist. A businessman's going to look at the finished product and say, this is done. This is ready to sell. And the artist is going to say, this is not done. I can still do more things, but in reality, it's probably good enough. Right. But it just, it comes down to if you feel it's good enough. That's where you have to learn that, that, what is good enough? What What is good mm-hmm. enough for the scenario and what you're trying to do and, and doing it as a job helps that because deadlines force you to pump stuff out and I, I can't touch it anymore. It's got to be sent out today. So whatever's done by the end of the day, that's it. That's just yep. what it's going to be. And that can teach you a lesson in its own. You need that though, because that's where like the arrogance can slip in is because if you're, you over assess your abilities you think that your capabilities are higher than you are and like, Oh, I just did this and this and now it's perfect. And everybody's going to love it because I'm great. And everything that I touch is just gold, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, you need that critic, you need that self-reflection, but it's a fine line of moderation. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Like everything but it else. does. It does help. Like you said, when you have other people that it's, that are depending on your service. Right. That's right. I wonder if like, I don't know the exact difference in it, but there's a, there's a pride that comes from self pride. Like you can accomplish something and look at it and be like, I did a good job. Like that took a while and I'm happy with how that turned out. And it's a different feeling of pride when other people appreciate what you did. When you get outside feedback that other people appreciate the hard work who didn't see everything that goes into it. It's a different level of pride where people actually like what I spent my time on. Right. It's probably wild when you see other people talking about what you just produced and you didn't think very much of it because you'd done so much of them or however, however long it took you, but to the other person that it just made their day per se, like they hadn't seen anything to that level. It blew them away. They had so much glowing things to say about it. It, you, you almost have to like step back because you're still a step ahead of that person in terms of your mentality on it. But you almost have to like dumb yourself down a little bit per se. So you can bring yourself down to their level and then you can relish in the moment with them. That's where they say, look at it with fresh eyes, because when you're developing something, you're making something, you've seen every single stage, you've seen every single screw up, you know what you're covering <laughs> up. You knew what yeah. you, you know why you put something there just to make something else look better. You know, all the details, but someone with a fresh who doesn't, We'll look at, they'll just be like, I don't even know how to start to attempt that. I don't even know how to approach that in the first place. And from your view, you're looking at it as if I could have done this better. I hope no one notices this part. I hope people get across the message that I'm trying to convey. You have much more want from it than someone who's just taking it in to take it in. You have a much more intimate connection to it. Yeah. Especially being that person that started it from start to finish. Mm-hmm. When it was nothing, a blank sheet. Yeah. Oh, that's, that is like the first huge obstacle to get over. And it's still kind of hard sometimes. It's just that blank piece of paper that just, yeah, I can bet there's nothing on here yet. And even, even <sighs> watching some of my friends that have recorded some of their painting sessions they're just like what should i paint i i don't i i have i haven't the slightest clue like what's something cool that i can paint it's, it's the biggest thing is just get that first stroke down and then, at yeah, least that's, that's what they do they just they start with one 
And they're like, okay, and then I'll go this way. And then I'll go this way. And then this is starting to look like this. And I guess this is going to be a sailboat now. Right. The explorative painting, the explorative art. And that's where I think a lot of mine comes from. It's not so much. I have a clear vision in my mind of exactly what this is going to be. I have an idea generally, but I know that it's kind of got its mind of its own. So it's going to go where it wants to go. And that's kind of any project. You can try to make it as much as you want, but there's always going to be limitations, factors mm-hmm. you didn't think of, mistakes that you make. That's what I learned in construction is, you know, don't judge a craftsman on the mistakes that he makes, but on how well he covers them up. Right. Because you know? <laughs> you're all going to make them. You're all going to screw up. You're tired. You're but doing a lot of things. they cover them up to the point that you can't even tell. Mm-hmm. Was a mistake even made? Right. I was put in some of my best kind of sketches as I just scribble on the paper and then look at the scribble to find something. Like I'll just draw random ass lines all over the thing until something pops out at me and looks like, oh, that's what this is. Okay. I've seen I've seen a handful of those pages in the journals. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> scribble and then those scribble. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, we are progressing towards something. That's what it is. The lines connect somehow. Your brain will connect the dots for you. I mean, that's how they figured out constellations and stuff. And they made up stories about constellations before they had TVs and games way back in the day. They'd look at the stars. That was the TV and connect those dots and make stories about it. Even then, that was something that they felt a lot of pride. They got a very deep feeling of satisfaction in being able to convey this message. And then the rest of society was like, what are you talking about, Willis? I just right. don't. I don't get what you're, you're. You're sounding very blasphemous right now. And then it became the agreed upon for hundreds of years. That's that's what I think it's art wild. kind of is. Is it's it's this need in, in the human mind to organize chaos, to to find meaning in things that don't mean much. And you know, like you said, with the stars, where we need to see figures in the constellations or. I always did this a lot as a kid where I'd look at like a, a tile pattern or a wood grain and I'd see like a face or I'd mm-hmm. see like a little like gnome or I'd see a little creature and I was like board or something. And there's something in there. Does anybody else see this? <laughs> yeah. Like is anybody else seeing this dude right now? Like it's, it looks cause it's when you stare at it long enough, it seems so vivid. It's like, this was put here on purpose, right. but. And then you go to get somebody chaos. to look at it. And when you go back, you can't find it, but where it was, it's <laughs> yeah, something yeah. else. Where was it? Where was it? <laughs> I swear it was right there. It had to be the angle that I caught it at. Some of you'll keep like, I like there was one usually in like the showers where I always find the one that every time I'm in the shower, cause you're staring at like pretty much the same thing. I'll find it every time. So it's like, Oh, there's that little guy. There's that guy. Like, Got a whole little community growing in there. Agent, mm-hmm. agent six is watching. <laughs> right. That's yeah. I think that's the stuff that makes like, because everybody's, I feel in general, everybody's an artist to some extent. Mm-hmm. Everybody has different mediums and different crafts and different outlets. All an artist is being able to convey what's in here and into the world around you. Yeah. But you need to have the confidence and the pride like to, to express that. You need to find what gives you joy of putting your mind into the world. How do you convey what's in your mind into the, into the physical world and find pleasure in doing so? What's your medium? You find pleasure when you see the positive reactions from other people. As soon as you start seeing negative reactions, that's when it starts to deter you even. Like, Mm -hmm. maybe I shouldn't be doing something like this. That's where I feel like you have to turn that off, though, because there's so many artists that were not appreciated in their own time. They worked their whole lives putting out a bunch of content that now we 
love. It's critically acclaimed. Everybody thinks it's great. But in their time, they were ridiculed and made fun of and told they should stop. And if they had and they would have listened to the critics, we would never had anything. That's wild to think about. So they could seem arrogant in their time because they were going against what everybody else said, but they knew in their heart it was right. Right. And that's that's like a self arrogance that it's not necessarily hurting other people. It's just hurting yourself. It could be hurting other people. It depends what you're giving up to do so. That's also true. There's always an equivalent exchange. The time that you put in to do that could be time away from your kids, time away from your family, time away from helping somebody else. Some people can go mad and get lost in the art where it becomes an obsession. You know, what comes out of it? Dangerous. Exactly. What's the point of anything? Why are you doing whatever? What is madness? You know, giving yourself to something completely. We're okay with that with a lot of other stuff. People can be fully consumed in social media, fully consumed in reality TV. And, but if someone takes like is obsessed with a painting or obsessed with a writing or obsessed with making what something, what a weirdo putting in a straight jacket. Mm-hmm. Because I don't understand. I it. people engulfed in their phones on a daily basis. Oh yeah, everybody's yeah. fighting for for your time. Mm-hmm. And when you you go to talk to that person and you just get the weirdest like, like uh, why are you disturbing me from my phone? It's like I had a question, but. This is the moment's ruined now. And that was with strangers and stuff too, where it's not as normal nowadays to talk with somebody you don't know in public. It catches them off guard because they're not, they think you either want something from them Mm -hmm. or there's something wrong where it's, it's not how it should be. We're a community, we're a community of people. And I even catch myself, like I'll go into the grocery store with headphones on just because I want to zone out of my world, get my own world and get my stuff done and get out. But that's not what community should be. It should be an outreach where we can talk with one another. And um, there's a guy who who has a YouTube channel on it that's pretty interesting where he'll ask like random people, hey, can I uh, cook you dinner tonight in your house? He'll ask strangers, just go up to their house tonight. Can we do this tonight? And like another guy, he asked, hey, can I get a tattoo? Can, you, can I get a tattoo of your face on me and you get a tattoo of me on my face on you? And like ask strangers. And it was the second stranger that he asked that told him yes. Really? Like, nice. Wow. Yeah. But it's it's all that he does things like that that tries to break down that barrier of strangers. And what I liked is what the the guy who got the tattoo said uh, something to the extent of I don't know you. You're a new new person to me. So why should I give you any kind of judgment? or any kind of bias of how, what you're coming across me with. I should open, I should accept you. And until you do me wrong or anything, that's an open slate. You're just another human being. I should take that in instead of being guarded against you because you've never done anything to me. Guilty, right? This guy's getting a tattoo of your face. So you're going to get a tattoo of their face. That's a memory and a story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they were both psyched about it. And what the one dude, the dude who hosts the channel, his mom was furious. His mom's was super judgmental about it and was like, how can you even think about doing? I know you think this is a good idea doubt, but you're going to regret this. And I don't know. But all that was, is he was stoked about it. The other guy was stoked. The other guy's mom was stoked, but in his parents' culture, tattoos were still looked down mm. upon tattoos were still I want to say as, my mom was a little judgmental 
of my tattoo, my first tattoo on my back when I showed it to her. And same idea. It's like, well, what do you think that's going to look like when you're 30, 40 years older? I'm like, I don't know. It's on my back. Who cares? <laughs> well, and yours was also a representation of something you truly believed in that your parents got you into, you know, like it's for the scouts. It's for like, it's a, a commemoration of an event in your life that meant a lot to you. And so it's, it's part of you now. Legitimately yeah. part of you. It is. It's and not my, like you just got some dad tattoo of a band. Very much judgment. My dad just kind of looked at it and was like, yeah, I, I like the design. Like I, he didn't have very, he, he wasn't saying I made a mistake or anything. That's where I feel like you have to watch that when you're pursuing things is that people will judge you through what they would have done or how they couldn't see themselves doing mm-hmm. something like that. Something that is way out of the realm of their possibilities. Oh, I could never do that. So I can't imagine anybody else doing it. And it, it, that can get in your head sometimes because you, you make, can make you question, was that the right thing to do? But this is your life. You know, it's a choice that you're making. And if you feel deep enough that that's something that you want to do, do it. Call back to instincts and morality. Yeah. At the heart, right. Without the judgment, at the heart of it. And you just have to have, have, have that confidence and have that pride in the decision that you're making. Like enjoy the decision that you're making. You're proud enough that you're an Eagle Scout that you want to share it on your body as a badge of honor. You know, that's, that's showing pride in something you've done. Yeah. Back to when we were talking about people that are engulfed in their phones, especially people that are in like a social gathering people that are in like a circle there that everyone's just like on their phones. I look at that almost as like, it's like an indifferent arrogance where they don't really care about what's going on around them, that they feel more important to themselves to be on their phone rather than communicate and collaborate with what's going on around them. What if all those people are talking on their phones together though? That's just how they know how to communicate. And that's a little bit different. That actually one, not much more than one time, but one time in specific, there were, uh, there was a group of us in the, uh, like the, the atrium, like the common area for school. And we were, there were probably like five, six of us sitting in a circle and we were all communicating via Facebook messenger through our laptops for whatever reason. (laughs) And we were just having a conversation via that and not talking about it out loud. We weren't talking about like secretive stuff or anything. We were just having a conversation, but literally one of the Dean of students at the time comes over and he's just like, you guys are all sitting next to each other, but you're not saying a word to each other. You're all on your phones. Who are you talking to? And I looked up and I'm just like each other. (laughs) He just laughs. (laughs) We all just sort of laughed a little bit. He's just like, well, carry on. And he just walked away. Putting it back in the realm that you kind of uh, brought it in is I do think that is somewhat arrogance because you're, you're saying that what you're doing is more important than the time of the people that you're spending it with. And I try to be really good about that when I'm hanging out with people, which I can get some flack because I'm not good at responding on my phone. I'm not good at messaging people back all the time. I try not to make my phone a focus like that, but if you're spending time with me and we're together in person, that's also a benefit to us because I'm not checking my phone every five mm-hmm. minutes. No. I'm not sending texts back every five minutes. I'm here with you in this moment. 
this moment's not going to happen again. We have to embrace this. And those messages I can get back to later. And if it's an emergency, someone's going to call me a couple of times. I don't need to keep going to my phone. So it's people's time is valuable, especially if they wish to spend it with you. Everything's that person can be gone tomorrow, you know, appreciate that time and find the value in that instead of pacifying yourself constantly. I agree. And that's why I try when I, when I see groups like that. And if I have that ability, I try to engage that group. Break them away from it. See if you can. Right. And, and I also, I also think about it like in an instance that I'm hosting people, they're all here to hang out with me per se. And I'm not just going to like shut them out and be on my phone when I'm here, when they're here, they're here to hang out with me and I want to hang out with them. So why would I shut myself out from my friends? I've, I've had people do that. I've had people invite me over <laughs> and then everybody's just going through, like I'm sitting here trying to do something because I don't like to go on my phone and everybody's just sitting there on Instagram and scrolling mm-hmm. through stuff. And then be like, Oh, Hey, look at this one. It's like, that's nice. A few minutes later. Oh, Hey, look at this know. one. It's like, dude, I'm in the middle of something. They look for that instant <laughs> gratification and then that recognition just, Oh yeah, that's funny. Or, right. Oh yeah, and, that's fun. <sighs> And that's not what I, I want to talk to you about your life. I don't want to talk about some life of somebody that we don't know. Like everybody's got a story. Mm-hmm. Everybody's life is interesting. Like I wanted to hang out with you so that we can converse and share ideas and share mentalities and not look at things on Instagram that you could have just texted me. Right. 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 Living it cost me $10 to get here and gas. <laughs> I know. Exactly. I am invested exactly. per se in this event. Why are you not showing right. that same sincerity? That's that's where you have to be careful because that's um, another form of pride is is that pride in in like organizations that you associate with. So like if you're proud of a sports team, mm-hmm. or you can find pride through accomplishments that aren't your own, mm-hmm. which can be dangerous because it's great to feel pride and be part of something bigger. But if you identify yourself solely through something that you have no impact over. Yeah. It's almost like a forced pride. Yeah. And false in some kind of ways. Cause like, what did you do to help them win the championship? You cheered louder at your TV screen. Right. They heard me. Which I mean, at the end of the day, your spirit and their spirit and the whole grandioso bigger idea and that's where the whole superstition of people, myself included, I have a lucky t-shirt for the sports team <laughs> that I enjoy what I enjoy wearing this lucky t-shirt on days. I mean, they lost quite a bit last year. They lost quite a bit the year before they've been doing, they've been doing a lot of losing. Hopefully they're going to be doing more winning. That'd be kind of cool, but you still feel like you are in that moment when you are representing and you're wearing their memorabilia. Right. That's where it can almost become. Cause I had the same, I had a lucky shirt that I wore for football practice or for football games and stuff like that. But it can become delusional to the point where you give it credit when things go well, but then you don't, like discredit it when, when things, things go bad yeah. and you're still wearing the lucky shirt. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, well, it must have been something else wrong that time. Maybe I was wearing the wrong hat. Right. <laughs> I wasn't matching the socks. Right. Or you did match the socks. Yeah, that was the problem. I matched them and they were even the same size. That's that's where I feel like I could fall over in arrogance because I feel like that's where um 
almost like racism and things come per per se where you have too much pride you have an over exaggerated belief of what your race or what your gender Mm -hmm. or what your organization is capable of to thinking that it is better than everything else you know it's one thing to think that you're great but to think that you're the of all be all is taking that too far it is absolutely taking it too far and especially using racism as an example i mean who's to say in another universe, what happened to other races happens to different races that imposed that mm-hmm. action. Like right. talk about like a white slavery by a black by like the by like the black people in other universes, or like a or like a white slavery by like Arab people, or just. I, I, who's to say like what their culture is, but like just different people, different mindset. It's just the whole idea of I am more superior than you. Yeah. And that I am a dominant per, Like I am more dominant. Right. And that's why I feel like they do it is because people need to, people need to feel in control a lot and they need to do whatever they can to feel good about themselves. So if they're not striving to make, if they're not striving to do great things in their life, then they try to latch onto anything they can feel good about or by putting other people down. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm doing all right. Cause I'm not doing as bad as that. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's a dangerous cycle to, to separate things like that. And, and you're in for a shock because no one's ever at the top of the food chain. You know what I mean? Say, say aliens come in one day who can do space travel and they're smarter than us and all that other stuff. And well, what are you going to do? I then? think about, I think about that quite often and using the rock as an example, because he's probably one of our more stronger, memorable celebrity people that if we, if we had to assemble someone that may or may not be able to like fight another species, uh, we would probably think of the rock as the person that we would want to do this. And <laughs> I think of them going up to this other species and just gets disintegrated, like, disintegrated through like a space ray of some sort. And it's just like, Oh, well that was our best shot. Now we're all <laughs> see it. Yep. Or if they have mastered telepathy, they don't even need to use a space ray. It's just like, wah, wah, wah. okay, your mind's mush now. Yeah, literally. Oh, nothing. You know, it's but 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 that also kind of brings to question, is it bad to be considered an alpha in today's society? I don't think it's bad to be considered really anything, honestly, because it's just another label, right? It's a title. It's what people call you. It's what you do. And exactly. As long as you feel fulfilled and like you're doing the right thing. And for the most part, these alphas, as they claim themselves they take that as quite a compliment when you when and it's just from the nature of like being that dominant superior being it's just like oh thanks like yeah you're acknowledging that i'm better than that i'm bigger than you so that's why it just inflates their ego a little bit more right and then you've got like rocket scientists who are probably considered thetas who like they're, they're advancing civilization further than anyone else but they're they would be the furthest thing from being exactly. They're just not the most dominant ones in the entire scenario. That's where I feel like it's how you define it and how you use Mm -hmm. it. 
because Definitely. some people some people are arrogant to where they see themselves as an alpha, but only in the definition that they give as an alpha because a true leader is not someone who just wants to do huff and puff and make themselves present and makes themselves the biggest one in the room. Always. The reason that we subside to alphas and and the, and the leader in the room is because when that bear comes out of the woods, you're the person who's supposed to fight the bear. We give you the extra food. We give you the extra support because when stuff hits the fan, you're the one who's going to go fight the aliens. You know what I mean? So it's how you look at that. If you can be the alpha, then you should be it in all sense of it. And you should be able to hold, take care of the people around you. Cause we need both. We need people who to take charge. Cause you've all probably been in a situation where no one wants to take charge. No one wants there to have say how things are going to go. A handful. And nothing gets done. Nothing gets done when Until people can't make the calls. Until someone eventually picks it up and like, nope, we got to do this. This, you do this, you do that, you do that. Let's get this done. Well, I don't want to get blamed. Right. It's what it, it comes that's down what I to. Think. <laughs> I think a it should be more bit, fluid yeah. too. I feel like the best person to be is kind of a person who can switch between an alpha and a beta. Mm -hmm. Someone who can take charge when charges needed to be taken. But when it's not your area of expertise or when you're also okay with setting back and taking orders and doing things that need to be done and, and whatever is the most helpful and having that switch up and be able to have sensation of it. Right. The, right. the most successful people have that ability that they can lead when they need to, but they can also be a student when they don't need to lead. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, it's almost like shifting from personal pride to pride in the group. Mm -hmm. It's not about my accomplishments. It's about it's the, about the accomplishments, accomplishments and what can we accomplish as opposed to what can I accomplish? Now that's right. That was what I was going to bring back earlier with the people going into madness and stuff is, does it switch from pride to arrogance based on what your end goal is? Your intent. Yeah. If you're if you're I doing it for selfish that. reasons, it'd probably be more arrogance. If you're doing it to better everybody or well, for the betterment of the people around you. So the definition of arrogant is having or revealing an exaggerated sense of one's importance or abilities. So you're arrogant when you're exaggerating how important what you're doing is. Which some alphas can do. That's when you see someone who takes full, they take on the full uh, accolade or the full. Yeah. Like if yeah. something happens, they take in all the respect from whatever it happened. All, they don't give any to the teammates. Me. I did this. I, I did, did that. I did this. So-and-so helped me with this. So-and-so helped me with this. It was like, you right. went to so-and-so and, -so and me. you asked so-and-so to help you. Like you like, don't make it sound like you're the one that accomplished it. There's mm -hmm. so-and-so still the one that did the work. Right. Like give respect, which respect is due and appreciation. That's, that's, I feel like a, is a big downfall in the state of the, like, business world that we live in now is it's so much how does my resume look how am i going to get promoted fuck everybody mm -hmm. else you know i i'm going to step on whoever i can to get ahead and but it's that's never what impressed me like what impresses me is how well someone can lead a team and promote people and how well people can motivate people and how they can solve situations and i'm gonna if you know people you can learn them out really quick you can see like you, yes, can, you can give them tests to see how true they are and how good of a leader they are by how they react to simple situations. Very simple situations can really show what kind of leader you really are. 
100 because then you get to see them in action and kev i'm not even gonna lie i had a little similar of a feeling in terms of pride and arrogance being more associated with like your personal, like a like a selfishness, something to that level. It wasn't until I really looked up the definitions of each one. And that's kind of have where I had that first question where, where, why do we sometimes mistake pride? Like someone, Oh, they have a lot of pride. No, they actually just have a lot of passion. The passion is the strong emotion that we want people to be passionate because we want them to have strong emotions and enjoy and do and have pride and enjoying what they're doing. But you could have someone that could have extremely strong negative emotions and then they have a pride in it. They have a, they, they, they have a personal pride in themselves that they are being disruptive and that they're a troll. Damn everybody in else. The group. Yeah. They're damaging the society, mm-hmm. but to them, they feel like sunshine. They find pride in pissing people off. Mm-hmm. They bring pride in bringing other people down. Like you said, trolls, people who they feel good and they feel happy. They're feeling a pleasantness is making others feel bad because it makes them look worse than them. We've said this in multiple right. episodes. Now look at this person. Ha ha ha. There we go. Everybody's not focusing on all the dumb shit I'm doing. Exactly. You right. divert the focus. Yep. Even you're not focusing because I feel like some of that is they just feel so low about themselves that they can't feel good about themselves unless someone's doing worse than they yeah. are. And so they pointing that out makes them feel like they're doing better. Right. It's, it's someone could say something really nice or really endearing or really deep. And then they'll pull out one little grammar error mm-hmm. or one little thing like this. I got to knock them down a notch. Anything. I got to keep them humble. And I've, I've been you in know? situations where that I've seen that person like just claw and get anything that their nail can finally get a hold of. And they use it as enough to just bring up a whole, like make a whole scene, make a whole scenario. And I'm just like, did you really have to do that? I've lived with people like that. Attention whores. Mm-hmm. I didn't bring people right. over to where I lived anymore just because I didn't like putting them in that situation. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a hard environment to live with. And those people either find birds of a feather that they can flock with, or they slowly push everybody in their life away and they become crotchety old people who only can spend time with the themselves. Because no to get else, them. Yep. Right. Well, and the world doesn't want to be around Mm -hmm. them because if, if all you're ever going to bring me is negativity and all, if you're ever going to do is put me down, I'm going to cut that out of my life. You know what I mean? I want to fill my time with people who appreciate me and respect me. I don't want yes, men. I want people who can still tell me the truth, but it's in your intent behind the tell me the Mm -hmm. truth. Is it to make me a better version of myself or is it to make you feel better about yourself? And you can, I would hope at a stage that you can tell the difference between someone Still learning. I mean, I'm not saying that everyone just knows, but you should be able to spot genuine feedback support support than yeah. forced support. Well, people will play it off in other ways. People will play it off. Well, I'm just joking. I'm just messing around. I'm just busting your balls. So like they'll, once they get caught, they'll try to back out of it in any way or, you know what I mean? Like divert, divert, divert. 
Right. It's when do the negatives outweigh the positives? Because your relationship with someone, they can be supportive. They can be nice to you. And, and you'll be like, Oh, I remember that time though, that they were like this. And I remember that time right. like this, but when you really start to think of the amount of times that they've put you down compared to the amount of times that they built you up and this one's heavier, that's when you got to start making some decisions. That too. Right. Like, they may give you little compliments all the time. Like, Hey, your hair looks nicer. That's a nice shirt. But then just completely slam the things that you're passionate about because they see you're progressing at it and you're getting better and you might leave them behind. Right. It's almost like a leech. A happy it is. leech. It is. It is a leech. But the thing is, is it's a, it's a dumb leech because if they thought about it truly, if they, if they supported you and encouraged you and you're good friends, you're going to share the wealth. Like as we all grow together, we support each other more. Mm -hmm. We invest in each other more. We take care of the people who built us up. You know, that's at least like how I choose to live. Like the people who stuck with me and the people support me, those are the people that I'm going to take care of. Like when I'm wealthy one day, my mom ain't going to have to worry about money ever again. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's my goal. Not, I'm not going to, Take care of the people who've put me down my whole right. life. That's probably the first one's knocking. Hey, you remember that time right. that we yeah. did so and so, or we did this and that? That's so true. You think of how many celebrities, like even Eminem, I think said this, where he had so many family members come out of the woodwork, so many cousins that he never heard of, never talked to, never just like all hit him up because he's famous mm -hmm. now, mm -hmm. and who wanted nothing to do with him when he was a nobody. But now, but yeah. now that you're famous, oh, you've, you've passed the threshold. I can actually, I can force myself to tolerate your, you for a time because of that. What I might get out of it. Name. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. What I might get from the interaction that we have. Right. That's, that's where you got to be, you know, proud and like confident because you have to value it's easy to fall into that when people who you've wanted their approval is you've wanted that acceptance from want that as human beings, we, for some reason, want that approval from everybody. We want to make everybody happy mm -hmm. to some extent. Right. And so you have to understand that, no, like it's good enough that I'm happy enough with myself and my accomplishments and remember where they were when you were at your low point, you know, and keep that in mind as you progress. Cause you don't want to forget about those people. Those people have been with you from day one. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't want to figure out the other ones either, though, because they taught you things about yourself that you didn't understand before you realized that all the things that they were doing. You have to always look you at learn it from everybody. You have to always look at it that no matter when people join you on your journey, they always have their own day one. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And take something from every interaction. Just there's so many people who I've been really irritated for the fact that how negatively they affect me, but they've also taught me things. They taught me either who I don't want to be or how to be more aware about certain types of people's and their intentions. Not, not everybody's out for my best interest. And you can learn from everybody instead of getting caught from the fact of why did this happen to me? Woe is me. It's, that was a lesson mm -hmm. and I helped them to the extent that I could help them. I tried to rub off on them and to make them a better person in my eyes of what I think a better person is, but I can only do so much. And now I have to also move on. You, you, 
you can only focus on your own actions. And once you've given the, the information, it's up to them to perceive it. Yeah. I was reading Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday, and he made an excerpt about Marcus Aurelius. He was one of the greatest emperors of Rome, and he was on his deathbed. And one of his best generals thought that that time was the best time to try to seize the throne because he was going to die. And he wanted him captured alive, and he was going to forgive him for for everything he did for all his transgressions and tell him he's sorry that he felt like he had to do that you know not punish him not get angry not get mad don't react just try to well, understand it by example yeah. he put he puts himself in that other person's situation is what what could it what what could it have been that moved you to making a decision like that. Yeah. You know, he wanted, he was in a place of understanding, not in a place of reactionary anger and retaliation. Right. It's, it's, and that's where I've had to shut off too, because there were so many people that did me wrong that who I was so mad at for so long. It just, I was mad at him. It was just, it would tick me off that people could do that to me. And then after a while, you know, I've talked about this before, it becomes pity. Mm -hmm. It becomes, I'm sorry, that's the way you have to live your life every day. And I'm sorry, that's the way that you have to validate stuff to yourself. And how you choose to make your way through life is that way. Like that's, I had to deal with that for as much time as I had to spend with you. You have to deal with it every single Mm -hmm. day. And chances are, it was probably done to them. And that's how they learned that this is the normal. Right. And then to carry that anger for so much time after everything that's going on with our society. It's taught. It's I've been thinking, like you said, we're making music and stuff. I was I was trying to keep thinking of what kind of like songs and stuff I want to write, but that's the one that keeps popping up lately is I none of the stuff we're dealing with just started. It's all passed down stuff that we're picking up from generations before mm-hmm. us. We're mm-hmm. picking up stuff. Since the dawn of picking up problems. Right. B- different, different things that have happened in the past that make people feel certain ways that put people in different situations and separated people in different ways. And all this stuff is just this running play that's been going on that you wake up one day and you're like, all right, well, I got to figure out how to maneuver and all this shit that's already going on around me. And it's nothing you signed on for. It's nothing that you maybe directly set out to do, but you still have to navigate that world. And I feel like if we could shed some of that stuff and like let some stuff just be like bygones or bygones, that's the past. That's this history. That's we can't forget the history. Otherwise it'll repeat itself, but we can understand that we can just be brothers and we can go beyond that. We don't have to repeat the mistakes of our fathers. I think that's a big section about philosophy. You know, it's not well taught these days, but it's philosophy isn't just something you talk about. It's an action. It's how you live. It's how you think. It's how you do things on a logical level. And you start looking at the full spectrum behind things. Yeah. When you, when you start thinking about the philosophy around things. Yeah. And a philosophy class will do that. It'll open your mind a little bit. <laughs> I feel like somewhat a double-edged blade because that's what I've been trying to do more is analyze life as a whole for what it is. But when you get down deep into it, 
kind of the meaning behind it is don't analyze shit so much. Yeah. Just live, just it, it, be, it, it just eventually live go, in this you're, world. You're like, I'm going to analyze, I'm going to get there, I'm going to figure all this stuff out, I'm going to get to the, I'm going to get down to the bottom, and oh, never should have started. Yep, should have just been living my life and trying to just embrace it, and it's, I guess you're, you're, you're learn some things along that way, and you, you can maybe live your life in a different route, but it's so hard to live just without thinking about it everything in that aspect and that everything means nothing, but everything means something only if you give a value and all this other stuff that if you, the smarter you get, the more, what do they say? It's like the smarter you get, the more depressed and the more isolated you become mm-hmm. because you learn how small you are and how nothing really matters. But that's also beneficial because nothing really yeah, matters. I, I just live your life. I was going to say, it comes down to the ma- the mindset, the mentality that you have around that idea that those ideals you can let you can let yourself be minuscule and you can let yourself be a speck or you can be a speck that can grow into a spot that can grow into a smudge and that can eventually grow into a gash yeah and i mean it's all about how you're going to be as a speck right like what is your goal as a speck is it to help the betterment of the other specs or is it what what are you trying to do with it what are you trying to do with your time a speck on its own is very 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 tiny but take a speck and combine like 30 of them together and it's much bigger look at the universe it's just a bunch of specks in the sky sure is right we see them when we look up well you guys see a little bit more than i do i mean (laughs) city and stuff around me that's that's where i feel like that's dangerous though because i people pick like two different routes when they find it, find out that like nothing matters. So I can do whatever I want. And if I want to make an impact, I'm going to make an impact, but you can do that in two completely different ways. Yes, you, can. you can make an impact by trying to do good, or you can make an impact by causing as much violence and devastation and destruction. And there's literally a guy who burnt down. I'm like doing as I'm doing society wrong by even mentioning him right now, but he burnt down one of the, like, I think it was a Roman like structure, a giant, it was like one of the wonders of the world at the time. He burned it down solely for the fact that he would get put into history for, for burning, burning this down. thing down. And so they tried to omit him from any history, any writing books, because that's why he did it. But his name still goes mm-hmm. on because once it's done, it's destruction. Done. And that's just the right. nature of man, right? You're going to have people who are going to try to do right by people. And you're going to have people who try to do right by themselves. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys are more than aware of a lot of, organizations that have been trying to write out the Holocaust ever happening. Yeah. I've heard of that. It's wild to think about 30 plus years from now, if they actually do succeed and people are like, Oh, Holocaust, what's that? That is no mind boggling. I I don't want to live in that world. I want our world to constantly be reminded and constantly know about the evolution and everything, how we got Mm -hmm. from where we were to where we are now. Don't ever disregard something that happened in history, because as soon as you disregard it, you're just going to repeat it. Does that make you wonder about what's already been written out of history, though, that we weren't taught? There has. And I'm sure that there is a growing list of that. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's, that's probably what that book of secrets that the president gets is like, yep, this is what actually <laughs> happened at this point. Now, you know, the truth. Yeah. It's like the, um, with that library that got burnt down the, of, uh, some of that a space me right now, but there's so much lost knowledge. That's just, I think I remember hearing mm-hmm. about that. 
destroy it. I've talked about it multiple times on the podcast because it's literally like it hurts my soul to think about how much knowledge was just destroyed, destroyed because of war, because of just destruction in someone's ego. They destroyed it. It was the biggest library in um in the of the times it was where people from all over the world brought books and they just kept storing and storing knowledge alexandria i think the library of alexandria i think that's what it's called but you'll look it up yeah yeah so it's 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 so quick and it's so much faster and easy to destroy something than it is to build something great Destruction can happen within minutes and creation takes years, generations sometimes. Blake was uh, playing a Lord of the Rings video game and one of his missions, which he played, he played through the story and on the good side. And then after you play through the story on the good side, it unlocks the story on the bad side. So he was playing through the story on the bad side. And one of the missions was for the orcs to essentially take over the elven society. And one of his, one, one of his assignments was um, shooting flaming arrows at bookcases and that's exactly what we're talking about mm-hmm. is a civilization yeah. just destroying all the knowledge and no all records. the history. Wipe them out of history. Yeah, just right. completely obliterate their existence. That's so wild to think of as a race is, is like you don't want other people to know. It's not that you feel that you're even better than them. You don't want any people to know that there's a possibility that they were better than you. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a it's a false sense of pride because you know that they're they're intellectuals you know that they're stronger you know that you're wrong but you're going out of your way to make them look bad mm-hmm. you don't care what you look and like if you that. succeed then people right. are just going to be whispering about what you did yeah right they'd be too scared too to afraid confront to do you. yeah i mean that's all history though the romans doing it to everyone around them Christianity mm-hmm. doing it to like the Germanic tribes and the Norse mm-hmm. people. And it still happened today. You've got Islam fighting within itself and fighting everyone else. Well, you, you, you have propaganda in every country to think that America doesn't direct stories or portray things in a certain way that puts them in a better light. Every country does mm-hmm. that. Every, every country controls does that. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not a public service that's done by a nonprofit. It's all paid for. It all has some kind of funding that goes mm-hmm. into it. So, agenda. Right. Absolutely. Especially when you're watching newscasts and you see like how they ordered things that you're like, you can tell when people are cut off they had, they were, they, they were like in the middle of something they were saying and no nope, cut. Probably. Right. I mean, right. we edit, so we know, but it's especially so easy you can to fix things too and splice things it together. Is. We've learned that through editing. Absolutely. And that's with live stuff. I mean, they, they've been doing that since like, think of how in our lifetime, we were a big, it was our generation that kind of really went through us. Think of the vision that you had of Christopher Columbus when we were in school, when we were in elementary school. And then think of your idea of who Christopher Columbus was now and that whole organization and the whole setup behind it. It's, it was something that was glamorized and all the positive things were boasted about. He has a, there's there was a holiday so much that was devoted omitted. to him. Mm-hmm. Right. There right. was a holiday devoted to him. Yeah, it was. Right. <laughs> and so it's, it's, there's a light, lot that likes to be omitted so we can tell this pleasant story of how things go, but 
that's how we make that same mistake happen again. And then, is because we don't learn the lesson. And then they're protecting you, us. You become an adult. Right. You learn the truth, and it just wrecks you. Well, even in this instance, well, it maybe wasn't not, maybe not wrecks you, but it, but it, it, def, it right. definitely like rattles you. Like it you're was just, just like, never taught. It, right. I mean, ima- imagine thinking if schools were actually just a hundred percent hot, like truthful about everything that Christopher Columbus did from all the. So is no. that pride or is that arrogance? Because they thought they were doing it in our best interest. I would say it's a level <laughs> of arrogance because they feel them. They feel their agenda is more important than you learning the truth. And that's where I think it, it's arrogance too, because it, I don't but feel like they were doing it for our best interest. True. They were doing it to paint themselves in the best picture possible. Because if, if you're honest about how terrible you were to people past, past accidents predict future. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to do this to other people, what are you going to do to me when I'm not making you happier, when right. I'm not serving you in the way that you want to be served? How are you going to target and me? Am I going to be more sketched out if you're straight up with me or that I have to find out years down the road? Right. Now you've lost my trust. Yeah. It's like if someone screws you over and they come to you and admit it that they 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 messed up. I'll that's huge. If you can own up to a mistake in the moment or even like slightly after and be like, "Hey, I did this. I screwed up. I'm really sorry, but I messed this up." It's like part of me will still be like irritated because I'm like, "That sucks." But it's better that than you not telling me and me finding out from somebody else right. or finding out on my you own. Intentionally down the road. hit it. Because you were scared you from me. of the ramifications of that person finding out. Right. Now I don't even want to talk to you because I don't know. I don't believe anything that you yeah. say. It's hard for me to it, trust it, anything you say. It's a huge blow on the trust that was built. Right. Just be honest. And that's, and that's the character. Things like that is how you have to... That's your ability to interact with the world. If that's something that you don't like around the world, then make sure you're doing that yourself is that you're calling yourself out for your own mistakes and you're owning up to people and you're having those conversations that can be really hard to have sometimes that just feel uncomfortable, but you have to be honest. You have to, you know, be what you be the change you wish to see in the world, you know, be the things that you want to see and do it every day. Cause that's how you make your impact is who you are deep down. And we're not perfect. You're going to mess up. You're going to, you're going to be, you're going to do some messed up things. We're human. We screw up, but it's owning up to that. And what you do after the fact, if you want to leave your mark on the world, let it be your character. Right. People will remember you for having a good character to you. They will also remember to remember you for being a piss poor character person. Mm-hmm. Right. It's there's people in our own lives who we talk about that. Like there's people who will still come up in conversations that we have with their past bosses or whatever it is that every time we'll, they'll come up in conversation, but every time it's negative mm-hmm. and there's some of other people that will come up in our conversations who it's laughs and it's great and it's hilarious. And it's like, Oh, we should hit them up. I haven't heard from them forever. And it's, it's that view of when their name comes to light, what's that conversation mm-hmm. about, you know? Right. And I, I feel I feel like to a level you achieve personal happiness when you can truly feel like there's not anyone out there that's having a negative conversation about you. 
Right. Like you're, if you have you're not doing done right wrong thing. by anyone that would prompt a conversation like that. I feel like you should think about it, but that is personal happiness. No one, not everyone's ever going to like you though. Right. You know what I mean, you, you always got to, in your efforts to do good for everyone, you're going to be the off. villain in somebody's mm-hmm. life. Yeah. For every right. time that you're a hero, you're, you're somebody else's villain. So like, I guess I just hope that there's not a lot of conversations about me getting kidnapped or like my family going for ransom. <laughs> right. Well, that's, that's the thing is some people, some people lose it and they, they cast their blame on someone else for why their whole lives went wrong. And you see that where that person really had nothing to do with this person's degeneration in their life but they've become consumed by the fact that it's this other person's fault because they can't take responsibility for their own shortcomings. They're so arrogant in their own abilities that it's gotta be this other person's fault Mm -hmm. why their life's gone to shit. So now I need to make them pay. And that's scary because yeah, you, you think you don't have enemies but you do. There's always someone out there who, who doesn't like Especially you. Especially if you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Because yeah. you find out as much as people support you in the light, in the dark, people hate people that just help other people mm-hmm. without asking for anything in return. Or stepping on their toes. Or call them out. Like I'm trying to be better and better in society about calling people out when they do things that I don't find appropriate or I don't feel right instead of just kind of letting it happen or sitting by, but that's always going to, some people respect you for it. Some people appreciate the the feedback, but some people hate that. Some people can't stand that. And it's, I, to me, it's, I don't care because I feel like you were doing something wrong and I had to do the right thing and say something. So go ahead and hate me, go ahead and don't like me because I don't agree with what you resonate with those are the people that will talk your ear off for hours if you don't say anything too right yeah because their opinion matters and obviously you're willing to listen to it and they have to sell you because if you don't agree with them and they can't be okay with they need the outside validation so then they're going to keep trying to pester you until you say you did validation And I'm not going to laugh at your joke. I'm not going to say it's okay to treat someone like that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to subside myself to, yeah, I think it goes back to the elf and beta. They want to know that they are in charge, mm-hmm, yep. they're in control. It's like, no, I feel bad for some, some alphas that I know that are controlled by other non alphas. The real alpha. Yeah, yeah. The alpha in the shadows. <laughs> the al- yeah, right. the alpha in the shadows. But the thing is, like in public, you like you'd never think that this person either like this person's just extremely selfish with themselves, but you would never expect you would never think of them as the dominant. Like they're definitely more the submissive than dominant. But That's- they still control that other person around their finger. Mm-hmm. That's where it's that's where I think there's like, there's a alpha and beta and stuff like that. It's all a perception of what that means. Some people see it as an actions or what you do in certain situations, but in true sense, it's the person who's in control and you can be in control from the back seat. Like a good manager can sit back and still have everything under control because 
you set people up for success. You know how to critique when it needs to be done. You don't need to be in there with your fucking shoulders back no. and yelling orders and barking at people and putting people down and, and strutting your stuff. You don't always have to do that to be in full control. If you set yourself up right, you can sit back and everything will go the way that you coordinated it to, that you planned it to. And that's something I'm trying to find in myself is I know I can benefit from taking charge, but I have a hard time always taking charge and being that kind of alpha mentality. So I've been trying more to do that. And that comes with being competent. That comes with being, you know, prideful without being arrogant where you can understand that you probably are right in the situation. You know what to mm-hmm. do. You've experienced something like this and, you know, impress that on the world and like let people Especially know. to the people who are puffing out their chest and being the loudest voice. Yes. So they must be right. No, that's right. not right. Just because <laughs> you said it no. louder. doesn't mean you're right. Thank you. Think no. of yourself more as a sled dog opera. Like, like I'm sure there's a phrase there, they're not a technical term for it, but like a sled dog operator, as opposed to like a, a hood ornament on a car. Like you're the one in the back that's directing, that's advising, as opposed to the one that's right there that's getting hit with the wind first. Mm-hmm. And honestly doing nothing besides getting in the way. If you're at the, if you're a hood ornament, all you're doing is killing the aerodynamics yeah. and looking pretty. <laughs> uh, so that's, yeah, that's a good analogy. It's, it's a hard thing to do to try to be domineering because it's, it's for me, it's like a, it's a fearful slope. It's, it I want to be to take charge, but I'm also afraid of letting that consume me to the point where oh, I, t- I, I took arrogant. charge. I am strong. Right. Right. And Oh, everybody's got to do what I say and things go, but I understand from past actions that that doesn't happen, but still there's a fear in me because you power corrupts, true power corrupts. You see it time and time again, people who had good intentions who got into a position of power and became jerks and because and took advantage of people and because you're a big guy and big guys aren't allowed to be emotional dominant. Right. Right. Which honestly works in my factory. It's more people look to me to be even dominant. Like if you're a bigger dude, like that's people will look to you for what, what do we do? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I'm set up for business. I've got blue eyes. I'm tall. Like I should have it all set, but I don't know. I, I can lead. It's just sometimes we've talked about this before. Sometimes I stray away from leading based on fears of my own abilities. And I guess that's, that's where we've come with, you know, we talk about this stuff on here all the time and we understand better that, you know, yes, power corrupts, but as long as you're checking in with yourself and keeping yourself true, don't let it corrupt you. Yeah. You're more mindful of it. And especially if you do something that you're like, Oh, whoa, that's not in my normal character that's big of you to even recognize and acknowledge that because a lot of people will do stuff that's out of character for themselves, but they think that it's like a new habit that's forming and it takes takes your true friends, someone that truly will give you that reality check of this is not right. This is not you. And I can tell that you're not happy about this. That, that's where I think it's important that you surround yourself with that with true friends. Cause that ties back into what we were saying before. Are they critiquing you because they have your best intent 
in mind or are they bringing you back down because they don't want to see you succeed? Yeah. Right. So that's where you really have to weed out those people who are just trying to, you know, knock the legs out from under you and support those people who you can trust that I'm going to push myself to new limit. It's like, it's like an anime. I'm going to try out this new power, but I need someone to corral me if this mm-hmm. stuff goes off the edge, you know what I mean? So you need that. You need people to let you express your new limits. You know, it's just like a, just like when you're weight, lifting weights or something, if you're trying to hit a new max, when you're, when you're uh, benching, you need someone to spot you. Yeah. Cause you kill yourself, but the only way you can get to that new limit is if you try it mm-hmm. out, but you, you need someone there who you can trust that can catch it. If you, if you don't if make it, it, yeah. If you falter yeah. on the same instance, you got to watch being too arrogant and ignoring them and saying, they're just trying to bring you down. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. You call that's, them that's for th- a reason. Mm-hmm. You should respect their input. Right. And and take it with a grain of salt. You know, everybody's going to, sometimes we can be too input seeking. We can be too, we want other people to tell us things are good or things are this or what to do next, but they don't know. It's not their project. It's not their thing. Sometimes you have to take that leap of faith. Listen to what you feel. Yeah. Like we talked about with those artists who weren't appreciating their time. Some people may not see the vision that you see in the long term. Just have to do it. I find myself often just poking fun at what people have done, but I make it known that I'm poking fun at it. Like I don't just purposely critique something that someone put a lot of time and effort, like negatively critique, like someone like, especially like Blake just got done cooking a food for eight hours on whatnot. He put a lot of attention into it. I take a whiff and I'm just smells disgusting. <laughs> right, but he can sense the sarcasm in it. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You get to that level of friendship where you can critique in a negative way, but they know that you're just joking. Right. That's where I've caught myself too, because I was much more critical of things that people did. I was much more judgmental. Well, I don't like that. So that's not good. I, that's not. I don't see why someone even spend time doing that. And that's how I felt like I used to view a lot of things. And now it's more, they actually committed and finished whatever they were attempting to do. They finished it. Right. Just for the simple fact that I don't understand it. I'm telling you that it's bad. That's, that's arrogant. Like that's exactly. just, that's me being too full. So I can do opinions. it better. I right. know nothing about it. I'm but. Not, yeah. Maybe I need to take more time to appreciate it or understand it or ask questions or view it in a different way, but yeah, don't be so judgmental. You don't always have to have an opinion either. Right. Things can just be no one ever said you had to. No we one ever said that you, you have to. to. You're taught that you have to have a way that you believe on everything. You have to take a stance. You have to stand for something. You all, you know, he who doesn't stand for something falls for everything. And I haven't heard that one. I think it's Benjamin Franklin or it's one of the founding fathers. He who who stands for, he, he who stands for nothing falls for everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you don't have any true support in what you're doing, then you're just going to let them walk all over you. Yeah. And if you're not committed to anything, you're going to 
jump on the bandwagon for everything that yeah. comes your way. You're 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 going to see that steam that, that steam engine just hauling ass through, and you're just going to oh, I'm going to jump on that. But sometimes it's moderation because that steam engine could take you to on a great journey. Mm-hmm. So you can teach if if you don't got if you don't got a good reason for why you can't do something that you go and test it out, you could find a new love of something that you would have objected and said that, well, I probably won't like this because of this. Or I probably won't like that because of this. And that's not something that I could see myself doing because you did it once a long time ago, you know, and it wasn't even the same thing. We judge stuff so much because of these preconceived notions. And we were talking about this earlier about um, food and how your palate changes every, you know, seven years. There's foods that you couldn't stand as a kid that you give a chance when you're an adult and it's now maybe one of your favorite mm-hmm. foods. And it's the same thing with experiences. Just because you didn't like it back then doesn't mean this is that same situation. Doesn't mean this is that same person right. or this person's going to do you wrong like other people have done you or like same thing where people who've been in a bad relationship are woman hating or man hating because they, blame the whole sex based on their interaction with a few of them. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a dangerous cycle to get in making preconceived notions based off past experience. It's necessary sometimes, but it's also overused a lot of times. times. Yeah. That's what stoicism. I feel in Buddhism talks about. It's just let things be what they are. Experience things every day, every day. Like you said, waking up, Every day is a whole new life. Mm-hmm. It's a whole new life every day you wake up to experience everything differently. That it is. Your interactions. You go to the beach five days in a row. It's going to be slightly different each day that you go to the beach. Just like it's spring. You, you every day you go outside, that. the flowers look different. They're budding more mm-hmm. and more. You walk, you, Sometimes there's snow. Yeah. <laughs> you walk by the beach, you may see that one beach goer that you're like, oh, yeah, she's here again. Mm-hmm. So have to take life for what it's worth. Right. Realize every second you waste, you're just giving away to death. So how many more appreci- seconds appreci- you want to- Appreciate the time that you have and enjoy and take pride in the time that you have. Have expectations for yourself, but don't have so many expectations for the rest of the world around you. Understand that it's just going to keep doing what it's doing. All you can do is be you. 100%.